Hello and welcome to Today in Space. I am your host, Alex Girofanos. Today in Space, we are going to be talking about the first all-female spacewalk, we, the historic spacewalk. We will be talking about that at the end of the episode, but we definitely have to spend some time talking about the International Space Station, talking about NASA's continued human operations in space, which is you know going to the International Space Station and having continued crew presence there, not only of NASA, but of international partnership, astronauts from around the world, that have been up there and are conducting experiments and it, the the true international effort is really what remains of of uh, NASA's heyday, if you will. Um, you know, and I, I I hope and I think we're on the brink of their next big movement with things like NASA's Artemis mission and all the moves that are happening now with commercial space, commercial crew program, the, the SLS. If all these things pan out, we're going to have an amazing future here. But one of the things I wanted to talk about is why we don't necessarily talk about the ISS so much anymore on the podcast. Now, it's it's not at all that there aren't interesting things going on there. You know, from time to time, we'll touch on certain payloads that have been sent up there. We'll definitely touch on those things. But the human operations side, the International Space Station side, the crew that's on board, that is something that NASA is has been doing for a long time now. And it's it's a well operated, well-fueled machine. You know, it, it works well. So we did talk about the year in space mission with Mikhail Kornienko and Scott Kelly, where we had the opportunity to see what a year in space does to a human being. We also had Mark Kelly, Scott Kelly's identical twin, who was also an astronaut. He was down on Earth, so we got to compare similar DNA to see what the effects happen on that level. So there's 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 a ton of things that happen, but I think a lot of the focus of this program comes from the the fear of what happens if funding gets cut. What happens if NASA's plan gets switched again and now all the work we've done has to move to something else, just like uh, so many different times from the Constellation program to mining asteroids to now, you know, SLS and, and the push to, for Artemis 2024. NASA has been doing a pendulum swing for a long time, and we've seen what that pendulum swing can do, and especially if things, if if public interest dies, you know, the space shuttle, right? The space shuttle was in operation, it got retired in 2011, and we didn't have an option to send human beings, uh, astronauts from America on American soil with American rockets. We had to pay uh, the Russians per seat, millions of dollars per seat to send astronauts up it's great that we still have that international partnership and we're able to do that. But as a space program, it's a very, very, very expensive thing to do. And you're blowing a bunch of money that could be used for development of a new technology and, and so many other things. And what I don't want to happen to the ISS is for the ISS to be the thing that is like our last, you know, we got rid of the space shuttle. We dismantled the space shuttle. I don't want us to have to dismantle or or retire the International Space Station without another option afterwards. So while the ISS is doing great things, and we will definitely touch on it here on this podcast, I'm focused on what the next step is. What is our replacement strategy? Once the replacement strategy is in place, whether it's SpaceX, whether it's NASA, whether it's the combination of the two, if the balance happens and we actually get both of them working together, that would be great. That's my hope. And if not, maybe it's somebody else. But I, we need to have a backup plan. We need to have something in, in place. And so 
I'm, I'm very happy. These kind of episodes are fun because now we get to talk about what's happening today in space. These are, this is what's actually happening with human beings in space. The first all-female spacewalk, which was great. Well, you'll learn a little bit about both astronauts. You'll also learn about the first attempt for the all-female spacewalk, which did not go so well. Not that anything went wrong, more that there wasn't a backup plan, but you'll, you'll find out more about that in, in the podcast. So let's enjoy a little bit of orbital news and talk about the historic spacewalk from this past week. In orbital news this week, let's discuss the historic first all-female spacewalk with astronauts Christina Koch and Jessica Meir outside the International Space Station. The spacewalk took seven hours and 17 minutes to complete, in which both Christina and Jessica were able to replace a failed power charging component, also known as a BCDU, or battery charge discharge unit. That regulates the charge to the batteries uh, that collect and distribute the solar power throughout the space station's systems. Down on Earth, the mission control activated the new BCDU and confirmed a successful replacement and nominal operation. The BCDU that was replaced by the all-woman spacewalkers has been in operation on the space station since September 2010 and was integrated to the space station 19 years ago on STS-97. Both astronauts were productive and able to progress some future tasks, including the installation of a stanchion on the Columbus module for support of a new external payload for the ESA called Bartolomeo, which is scheduled for a 2020 launch to the station. Bartolomeo is the European Space Agency's solution for commercial space missions where users will get access to space high-speed data feeds and a unique vantage point, as well as competitive pricing. With 11 slots that can each hold up to 450 kilograms of external payloads, or the option for users to rideshare a minimum of 5 kilograms of a payload per time in each slot, Bartolomeo is a huge value for the ESA and any European commercial space companies or entrepreneurs. Now, let's discuss the astronauts behind the all-woman spacewalk. First up, Christina Koch was selected by NASA in 2013 as an astronaut, and she completed her astronaut candidate training in July of 2015. She graduated from North Carolina State University with a Bachelor of Science in Electrical Engineering and Physics and a Master's of Science in Electrical Engineering. This is the first spaceflight for her, which has spanned three different ISS expeditions, 59, 60, and this current expedition, 61, where she had she was one half of the historic spacewalk team. By the end of her time in space, she is scheduled to set a record for the longest single spaceflight by a woman with an expected total of 328 days in space. This would allow her to pass Peggy Whitson, who is still the current leader, at 289 days, five hours, and one minute in space. Uh, before that, the record holder was ESA astronaut Samantha Cristoforetti with 199 days, 16 hours in space, and that was achieved in the same year. Next, let's discuss the other half of the historic spacewalk duo, Jessica Meir. 
Jessica has a Bachelor of Arts in Biology from Brown University, a Master of Science in Space Studies from the International Space University, which sounds awesome, by the way, and a Doctorate in Marine Biology from Scripps Institution of Oceanography, or UCSD. This was also her first space flight and was astronaut classmates with Christina Koch. Uh, in doing some research to learn more about Jessica Meir, I came across her background on NASA.gov, and I'm just going to say it word for word because it is so scientifically badass, it just needs to be read aloud. For her PhD research, Dr. Meir studied the diving physiology of marine mammals and birds, focusing on oxygen depletion in diving emperor penguins, Arctic field research, and elephant seals in Northern California. She investigated the high-flying bar-headed goose during her postdoctoral research at the University of British Columbia, training geese to fly in a wind tunnel while obtaining various physiological measurements in reduced oxygen conditions. In 2012, Dr. Muir accepted a position as assistant professor at the Harvard Medical School uh, Massachusetts General Hospital, where she continued her research on the physiology of animals in extreme environments. She also took part in Smithsonian Institution diving expeditions to the Arctic and Belize and has been very active with scientific outreach efforts. We have the entire seven-hour-plus broadcast uh, link if you'd like to take a look and see the live feed of their spacewalk and also get some really interesting background from the hosts who provided a great experience. You know, it's it's been a while since I checked in on the ISS operations, and this spacewalk was done right. It re- it's really good to see NASA make the most out of a historic spacewalk, especially to make up for the lack of coverage and backup plan when the last all-female spacewalk was to happen back in March of this year, 2019. Three astronauts were on board that could conduct the spacewalk. Nick Haig, Anne McLean, and Christina Koch, unfortunately, the EVA suits, spacesuits did not fit properly for Christina, and Nick and Nick Haig and Anne McLean performed that spacewalk. You know, Space Twitter blew up on NASA for being so nonchalant about the cancellation, especially since most people were just finding out about the first all-female spacewalk because it got canceled. And, and a spacesuit not being able to fit wasn't the answer everyone was looking for. But safety is key. And I think we got the best case scenario here. You know, a well-planned out and broadcasted historic first all-female spacewalk with two fitted suits. So a big congratulations to both Christina Koch and Jessica Meir showing what's possible and setting the stage for women in the wake of NASA's Artemis 2024 mission where the first woman will be sent to walk on the moon. You never know, one of these women may have her boots on the lunar surface in 2024. Time will tell. But a big congratulations to both of them. It was a really fantastic spacewalk to watch. And everyone else that was involved in the broadcast of this, it really was something special. Definitely something to check out. We'll have a bunch of links in this episode, so you can find all of that there if you want to dive deeper and do some more homework. And that does it for this week's episode. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate you. Um, As always, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. Uh, Make sure you tell your friends about us. Listen, if you got some friends who are interested in space or science or just hanging out and talking a little bit about what's going on in space, hit them up, send them our way. Really appreciate you. The Halloween costume for AG3D, that is underway. Uh, If you check out our Instagram page, AG3D Printing, uh, you can check out our progress, see what we're going, what what we might be working on. We've got a little sneak peek there. Next episode, I will be wearing 
uh, my gear, and uh, we'll show off the Halloween costume. So I just got all the parts in the mail. I'm very excited for that. And if you're interested in more 3D printing, like I said, Instagram, AG3D Printing, Twitter, AG3D Printing, and AG3D-Printing.com. If you want to see all the different projects we've done, if you want to learn more about 3D printing, we have you covered there. And as always, there's todayinspace.net. You can get all of the episodes, all the videos, all the amazing links. Learn more about us at todayinspace.net. That does it, everybody. I hope you have a great week. Be good to yourselves. Give yourself rest if you need it. Push yourself harder if, you need, if you're trying to go to where you're trying to go. And that's it. I'm just rambling now. Have a great week. See you next time.